fitted cap all over my dome She said she wanna get down, but I ain't taking her home That's when she said she lived right down the street She loved white chocolate when I got something sweet Underemployed back in the building. It is David Hart. It is Jack Selby, aka Destiny's Daddies. We are here live and direct. Please don't ever, ever refer to me as anything, Daddy. We'll work around that. But the point being, we are back in the building for episode 12. David, how you feeling? Um, you know, we should have just called this episode 13. <laughs> Why is that, David? Why is that, David? Why is that, David? Uh, Chief Q said I don't fuck with 12. Anyway, we are we are coming to you live from both the Chech and we are coming to you from Falls Church, Virginia, where uh, I just came back from my last shift ever at my job. Uh, goes well into the underemployed status, as I am now technically what would be defined as unemployed. No, I think you are fun employed. I'm broke, nigga, I'm broke! Fun employee, that's right, because I will be, we'll talk about this later. I'm going to be headed off to vacation. For another now. vacation? That's uh, like your third one this summer. Yeah, I know, and I'm not a, and I'm not a vacation guy. But, you know, sometimes you got to treat yourself. Yeah, sometimes you have to crawl out of that hidey hole that is your basement and see the sunlight every once in a while. Yeah, I know, and I didn't see the sun at all from 2008 to 2012, so, I mean, that was, you know, I'm still trying to get Yeah, pretty story. much. Yeah. So, David, how are you feeling right now, job-wise? Um, I'm feeling all right. I'm, I'm actively looking for work. Uh, I'm still employed where I have been employed. Um, names are being redacted on my end to protect the guilty, mostly myself. You know, I'm, I'm looking for other work. Management knows there's no hard feelings about it. Like, you know, I've, I've been there for a good time. I've done, I, I think I've done a good job. Um, I but I need a new challenge in life and I need to, I need to take the next step in a professional career and in providing for myself and providing uh, the means to be a meaningful and supportive partner. Well, and we had talked, we talked about on this show before, and we talked a lot about it, I think episode seven, where we talked about what we were looking for at the time with job search is that you are someone who is always looking for that next challenge in life and that your job, mm -hmm. while we, and as we've said before, your job pays the bills and you're good at your job, but it doesn't challenge you the way you would like. No, it, it, I mean, it challenges me in certain ways, but it challenges me in my patience and not in my abilities. Right. Um, you know, the number of times I get asked in a week by somebody who has never been to the restaurant, which is, you know, fair that they're asking questions having never been there, but you know, they say, oh, well, can I get Bud Light on draft in a cold glass? And we, we don't do that. And people sort of scoff and say, all oh, this beer, and you don't have Bud Light on draft? And my usual response is, all this beer, and you want Bud Light on draft? Here's a good rule of thumb for anybody if you're going to a place of service, of customer service, is if the person, if whoever's serving you says we don't have this option or this isn't available, just go, oh, okay, and then think of something else rather than go, rather than being condescending about it or being a smartass about it. That'll just make everyone a lot happier and it'll make the process a lot smoother. I, I, I would, in theory, have the ability to change that. You know, I could put Bud Light on draft. I don't want to deal with ownership coming down and raining fire and brimstone on my head for making that decision. Right. And plus, that's one more line that I wouldn't be able to then have 
something else fun on. You yeah. know, I'd rather have a barley wine than have Bud Light. Yeah, there's only so many. There's only so many types of drinks I'm assuming you're allowed to have, or that well, more realistically we, can be made. Yeah, well, real. It's it's a it's a real estate issue for us, more so. You know, there's only we only have so many taps that we can use. Yeah. And you know, you're not a wizard. Yeah. So, and if you want a Bud Light in a tankard, go to the sports bar up the street. Yeah, or go to a 7-Eleven. I'm not even judging. Look, I do not drink, lest I sit here and judge the drinkers of the world. But, you know, if there's if they don't have the exact thing you're wanting, then find something else. And later on, you can find another place that has what you want. Fredericksburg does not have just one place to eat or one place to drink. Yeah, no, we have one of the densest concentrations of bars anywhere in the state. Which says something about Fredericksburg, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> I won't deny that. So in my case, my last shift today at the gym I work at, I all say 24-hour fitness. I've mentioned on the show before. I have very good feelings about the job. I worked with really good people. It was just a couple things. It was time for me to move on. Beyond that, I've talked on this show about this thing, the broadcasting field being what I want to do in my life. And so I have an idea, you know, without getting into specifics, I have an idea and a plan laid out right now. And if it works, great. If not, okay, but I want to try it. So I wanted to... You're going to go to chatter every day until Mr. Tony decides to let you run the boards instead of Michael. Part of my plan does involve me knocking outside of Kornheiser's window and saying, please give me a job, sir. Please give me a job in a tiny Tim-like manner on Christmas Eve. Please, sir. Yes. You need you need a newsboy cap, a a, a wooden crutch carved from a tree branch, and a plaid and like a plaid coat with a lot of tatered holes. In a it. lot of patches. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not and and none of the patches can blend in. They all have to be different patterned fabrics. No, the, the jacket's dark olive or olive green, and the patches is light brown or light brown stuff like that. Exactly. Otherwise, I you know, tweed. Who, maybe gonna, some seersucker in there because it's what you could find. Otherwise, who would be sympathetic to my cause? So, again... Certainly not me. Well, okay, that's great backup. Uh, So, the last couple weeks of my job, though, were not without interesting things. The first thing, today even, I went in early to work out, and apparently there was a bus, like a huge bus, uh, clearly supporting Donald Trump, parked across like eight or nine of our parking spaces that had stayed there overnight. Members of the gym had come in, but, you know, you're not really allowed to take eight or nine parking spaces, and they, you know, they were there all night to sort of sleep in and and use the gym for hours. And so, by the time I got in there, it had been a big deal, and the police had to Were they gym members? Yes, so that's why it wasn't really an issue at first, especially at one in the morning, but once one in the morning turns to six, six thirty in the morning, and there's a lot of cars there for the classes we have that time, then it does become a big issue. Um, So I wanted to shout out the people, I I will protect those names just in case, but shout out to uh, the people who had to deal with it. I was not there because my shift was later in the day, but they did a good job. Uh, And it was, Funny because just to think that I, it's clearly a bus full of people that went to the protest on Saturday and were just looking for a place to sleep before they went back home, which is just a weird. The thing uh, of the you mean the thirty-five or so people who showed up? I was gonna say that the amount of people on that bus probably accounted for ninety percent of the people who actually marched in the rally. Shots fired. Yeah. And um, well, I'm gonna say uh, there was some 
some estimations done by the, I think it was the the city paper. Yeah, I think it was the DC city paper that said that uh, DC government spent something like two point three million dollars on security for the purpose, which comes out to something something like seventy two thousand dollars per person who was involved in said protest and. What, what has always given me chuckle is people on the right will all, will always bring up the, this idea of you know, personal responsibility, financial responsibility, and say that, well, you know, demonstrators should be required to foot the bill for the cities in protests that happen. And those people have been mysteriously quiet yeah. about the fact that this protest cost, you know, several million dollars and... Um, did not have nearly the turnout that was expected. I would, uh, I would honestly say because of that, it was probably money well spent because DC just DC knows how to deal with protests and DC just didn't fuck around with this. They're like, okay, you know what, cool. Yeah, Bye. like we're Th- ready to come. That is that is very true. From what I can see, DC kept shit in line. Um, the cops were there. They made their presence known. Um, and DC also handled you know, the accessories thing a lot better than Charlottesville did. You know, DC's not unfamiliar with uh, protests getting a little out of hand, so the the flagpoles and the uh, armaments and all that other stuff that showed up in Charlottesville was uh, not allowed in the district. And, you know, certainly the benefit of hindsight, not hindsight, but foresight because of Charlottesville helped DC, but it was also just, we talked about when the Caps won the Stanley Cup, and we both we're privately thinking, fuck, DC's probably gonna riot, and DC was very well behaved. Yeah, for a scene that had no, had was starving for a title, and the Caps won. It was pretty peaceful. I, I don't, I don't know of anybody who expected, realistically looking back at it, I don't, I don't think anybody expected the the the, the right wing protesters to protesters who outnumber the counter protesters in DC, and the and because I mean you think about it, DC is. Very liberal. DC's DC hasn't voted Republican since it was able to vote in the presidential election yeah. in For- seventy years. I think the, the counties are immediately surrounding DC is some of the most densely populated with dem- with registered Democrats in America. For some perspective on the fact David just cited, Walter Mondale, when he lost to Ronald Reagan in eighty four, won two I guess states. He won his Two home states state. in D.C. Yeah, no, one state in D.C. He won his home state of Minnesota by, I believe, 3,000 votes, which is nothing in the election. And he won D.C. Like, for some perspective, the biggest blot in electoral history, D.C. still voted Democrats. So, yes, comparatively, Charlottesville, which is obviously a college town, but it's further south. It's two hours from here. Well, Charlottesville's, Charlottesville's a fairly liberal place. It, it is. There's a, a lot of money there. There is. It's, it's a hipster um, vibe in a good. I would say a good way, even though those two. Yeah, I mean, it's right got now. it's it's got that it's got that liberal enclave surrounded by a bunch of Republican things going on, like da- uh, like Austin has, like Boulder has, mm-hmm. uh, like Portland has, like um, Chapel Hill, like uh, Miami, like you know. Cities tend to skew liberal. Yeah, that's why whenever you watch an election, and, and I mean, we're probably preaching about this to people listening who are smarter than us about this, but they always say, uh, well, it's hard to tell right now because we just have the rural votes wait for the city vote. And, you know, that's certain because 
it's Virginia, for example, the last two, three elections has gone Democratic. Mm-hmm. I guess. And that's going to continue. Yeah, because Northern Virginia, which is now de- more densely populated, even though if you look on the map, it's red, 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 patch of blue, patch of blue. But just because our, you know, the area David grew up in and where I live and grew up is, you know, more densely populated and blue. Uh, well, it's it's expanding now, and because the you have people like Corey Stewart who are you know running openly white nationalist campaigns that are putting off a lot of Republicans who normally would you know turn out for midterm elections in mass who are really not. Yeah, and if you're a you know I mean David, neither David nor myself are not that it matters, but no, neither of us is a political scientist. Also true. Um, which is funny because my brother is majoring in that, but, you know, he's not on this podcast. I am. Uh, Suck it, Sam! Yeah, that's right, Sam. If you're listening to this and I know you're not. Although Sam's actually across the hall right now, so I could probably shout to him. But, you know, there's no there's no reason if you're a Republican, like a moderate Republican, to want to be associated with what's going on. Not I shouldn't say no reason, but you probably want to skewer away from it. So that's going to be an interesting because, what, that's... A couple of months away now. Not that we're a political yeah. podcast, but I mean, it's going to be interesting to look into that. Yep. So the other thing that happened at my job, uh, and this is a couple of weeks ago, this is besides the Trump bus. And the Trump bus is an interesting tidbit, but it's not the big tidbit from my job. So it's 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 the it's the appetizer. Here comes the main course of a meal you might not want, but here you get it. <laughs> the, here comes the sandwich. Here comes what type of sandwich you can determine after the story. The, so there was. When I started working at this gym in October, early October of 2017, from about the time I started working there, you know, we have showers. We're a good facility. You know, we got that luxury lifestyle. We have showers. Uh, There would be someone who was often pooping in our showers. Now... The shower shitter. A shower shitter, if uh, if you will. And the hard part is, obviously, there's no security cameras in a shower in a bathroom, in a locker room area, it's determining, hey, who's taking shits in our showers? It's a hard process to get done. So I had noticed a couple of months ago that there was noise, that there were kind of odd noises coming from one of the showers. It sounded like someone was oddly singing in the shower or something to the point where I almost knocked on the door and said, hey, can you quiet down? We can hear the entire locker room. And when I went back later, I noticed that there was poop in that shower. I just made a mental note of it. So fast forward to a couple of weeks ago. We're in, I'm in the bathroom during a Sunday shift and I hear similarly odd sounds coming from the sink area. Are they grunts? Is somebody like- Yeah, they sound almost like grunts, not- But not grunt birthday parties. No, no, not grunt birthday parties. That would be much more enjoyable than uh, this whole ordeal. No. And much more joyous. Also, yes, as the sound effect we're about to play will indicate. There you go. Uh, the, the gentleman when I walked out, who I recognized before, but I made it, but I saw him shaving. And so I then went to the shower and saw that the same shower he was in, by the way, every single time. It was the, it, there was no difference in what shower it was. He, there was poop in that shower. So in my mind, I'm not jumping, I'm not automatically assuming it's him, but in my mind, it's all signs are indicating to this person. The lights are are going off. The the problematic light is beeping. It's not full blast, but it's beeping. 
So the so I also ask him when he's leaving to sign back in under the guise that we missed his uh, sign in the first time. So I copied his member information, all that, and kept it in the back of my mind. Two, I think, two days later, which was Tuesday, when you're at the gym, you can hear the classes going on, and the instructors have microphones that sort of echo because we have to keep the doors open. Mm-hmm. Circulation's not great. And I heard someone almost mockingly call back to one of the instructors and said, and so I saw it was the same guy. So I went to the shower. I took pictures of the shower, of all of them, but specifically the one that it always happens in before. I timestamped it, because, you know, on an iPhone, it'll have a timestamp to indicate, okay, the shower's clean right now. I kept going back to make sure he was in. I saw him walk into the shower area. I didn't, you know, I didn't follow him into the shower. But I could then see he was in that shower. I could hear mostly he was in that shower because, again, he was making weird noises. And when he had left, voila. There's poop on the shower again. In the shower. Jack Selby, Jack Selby, a.k.a. Sherlock Holmes. That's right. I did. I'm going to pat myself on the back, which I rarely do on this show, which I usually do in real life, but not on this show. I found the serial pooper. On my last week of the job, by the way, I easily could have phoned this in and said, I don't care. I'm not showering here. You guys can deal with this. But no. I saw in the horizon, I saw a chance to be a hero. And I said, am I going to take this chance or am I going to take the right turn towards no person'sville? To nobodyville. And you know what I, path I took, David? Hmm. What but, path did you take, Jack? I, I took the path toward heroism. Y'all can choke on a shit sandwich with no bread. But that I, reminds me of a, uh, of a sort of similar incident at Mary Washington several years ago. Uh, there's, a build, there's a residence hall, a dorm. Virginia Hall, it's right in the middle of campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's part of the original sort of, it's it's the original building on campus. And there was a stretch back, I wanna say 20, 2014, or 2013, 2014, when, the, when it was an all-female hall, that someone was shitting in the hallway. In the actual hallway. In the actual hallway. They were like, they were routinely finding Poop. Poops. Poop. In the hallways. Who's pooping like, in the hallways? Yeah, I mean, there's a the cameras. shower, God, you can turn the hot water on and, like, throw some bleach on that shit. Yeah. Both literally and figuratively on that shit. <laughs> but, like, God, in the middle of the floor, they never found out who this person was. How? There, aren't, there, aren't there cameras? No, in- there are not security cameras in the, in, in the residence halls. At least not in that one. There are security cameras in the newer residence halls because... The idiot lacrosse boys, uh, my yeah. sophomore year, did so much damage in the building. This was after they decided that they weren't going to charge damage fees. That's um, a mistake in a college dorm. Yeah, yeah, that's real smart. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not hold people accountable for the damage that was done. They they, they decided at the start of the year they weren't going to charge fees. By the end of the year, they decided they were changing that policy because the lacrosse boys had done. Um, thirty-nine thousand dollars in damage. I mean, that's they had taken two elevators out of commission. They had knocked down fifteen different um fire exit signs from the fifth floor to the second floor. Um, they had blocked up one of the garbage chutes. And then they had done various and sundry other things. There was uh, urine in several of the stairwells. There was uh, other bodily fluids found on various surfaces throughout the building. Um, 
And so, you know, the that money that th those charges were divided up by, you know, by every by by person in the building and uh I went to the university and said, I'm not paying this. I live on the first floor. <laughs> Which seems like a just reason. Hey, I'm not shitting or jizzing on your floors. Don't make me pay for this. <laughs> yeah, especially on the fifth floor hallway. Yeah. I don't I don't live there. Now, if it were the seventh floor hallway, that would be understandable. And if it was the seventh floor, you know. There'd be a crew of people that might be responsible for it. You know, I would be totally fine with, with what happens on the seventh floor. Shout out to uh, Third Leg Greg. If you're out there listening. And the seventh floor crew. What's your name? G-Reg. What you do? Get head. How you do? Drop my drawers and let us see my third leg. So anyway, I wanted to shout out to my job. I did work with a lot of good people. And you gave me a lot of great memories, including the fact that we found someone who had been pooping serially in our showers. Uh, Has that person been barred from the gym? Oh, yes, they have. Uh, I was I was very happy with the response. Uh, no, it didn't seem to be much of a fight from the member. I, I will not go into specifics, I did find out that this member uh, has a .gov email in his account, meaning that this guy who got off on pooping in our showers is working for our federal government. Good to know that we helped pay his gym membership. That's, you know what, God, in a crazy way, yeah, I helped uh, pay for him to poop in the shower at the place that paid me. I just inceptioned this shit. My brain is impossible to think in philosophical. Speaking of smooth transitions david you last episode we talked you were about to head up to maine with bethany you were there for a week with your folks uh how was the trip how was the experience uh, the trip was wonderful um got to we drove through the night thursday um took a couple of took a couple of stops and took a power nap or two um about we left around midnight ish so 5 a 5 a.m in new jersey um Actually, I probably, we probably got on the road closer to one, um, but so we got to New, we got to Central Jersey around five ish, and I needed a power nap, so we stopped for we took a nap for about forty five minutes in the car. Um, got up to Maine probably around noonish. Okay, that's not a bad trip from Fredericksburg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and here's the thing: like not killing ourselves, you know, stopping, stretching our legs, getting coffee. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et so I mean that was nice, and then went to bed early, got up the next day, went to the beer festival, and that was wonderful. That was a great time. You know the weather was the weather was was phenomenal all weekend. Maine is uh, great weather. If you go because it's north and a lot of Maine is mountainous, even Portland, you don't get that blazing humidity that is currently saddling David. I think it's ninety four out right now with. Yeah, it's it's not pleasant. Um, what was hilarious though was hearing all the people complain about the weather. Wow, really? And they're like, "God, it's so hot and humid today." And you're like, "How remember, dare you?" As, as, as we were riding the ferry in from uh, riding the ferry in to go to the mainland to go to the festival, the the guy working the running the running the boat, the captain, said, "You know, careful, folks. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a bit of a scorcher today. Pretty pretty humid as well." And I looked at my phone and it was like. 83 with like 30% humidity. Oh. And I, I honestly laughed out loud. I remember, yes, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, I walked outside from the gym and I walked out and it must have been 82 or 83 and it felt like I had jumped in an ice bath. It felt so refreshing compared to the terrible mm -hmm. weather we've had all mm -hmm. summer. Now, we should note, you would think the beer festival or seeing David's parents would be the main event of Maine. Oh, go going going to Allagash Brewing and seeing the cool ship there. Uh, 
Shout out to Allagash hooking it up, giving me the uh, the insider behind the scenes tour. And again, you would think that's the main event of David's trip to Maine, but that's not the case. You no, you would think that um, you know the incredible views and the the history and culture and going to the you know the first Friday Art Walk in Portland, or going to a Portland Sea Dogs game and watching them you know absolutely rip dingers over a scale replica of. Uh, the green monster would be the highlight. But no, no, that was not the highlight, ladies and gentlemen. The second to last night at the end of the first Friday art walk, we're getting on the ferry, and this is the late ferry. We're getting on the 10 o'clock ferry, the 10.30 ferry to go back to the island. And uh, there's a concert going on at the state pier next to the ferry terminal. And bear in mind, the ferry terminal has some, some pretty legit acts throughout the year. The Roots played there earlier in the yeah. summer. I gonna, um, uh, when I talked to your dad when I was up there uh, visiting a couple weeks ago, and I'd actually forgotten until you just mentioned this, but yeah, he'd even said, yeah, they have big acts. And, you know, I was like, okay, that's an interesting place to have it, but I could see that going. So, yeah. It's so, a, I mean, it's a really cool space to have a concert. You're, on the, you're right on the water there. Um, it's open air. It's not going to be super hot. It's going to be nice and cool. You'll get a nice, you know, bay breeze coming off the water there. Um, but... We were there, and there's a there was a DJ spinning a bunch of like '90s, early late '80s, early '90s uh, rap, and you're just trying to get the crowd hype as, sure. as a DJ does for a show. And you know we're not and, opposed to that. We approve of a lot of that music. Hell yeah, I dig a lot of it. But it gets better as we're boarding the ferry. We hear, "Are y'all ready for motherfucking Vanilla Ice?" <laughs> And I lost it. I absolutely lost my mind. My dad lost his mind. My mom had no idea what was going on. And my mom, bless bless her, love my mother, not the most with it pop culture. Yeah, your, your mom and my mom are very similar in that regard. So Vanilla Ice plays... Uh, I don't know how long he played. We only saw, I think, three songs from the set. I was going to say, does Vanilla Ice have much more than three songs to perform? You know, he's got more than three. He's got at least four. True. Fair enough. My uh, apologies to the Ice family. The first one, uh, first song was a track I didn't know, but he had a drummer, a guitarist, and then a DJ. So everything sounded very, like, Limp Biscuit, early 2000s, you know, that, like, that that weird time in hip hop where that where everybody was trying to sample rock songs and you know new metal was the thing. What a uh, what a what a mis- what a collective mistake in our country's history. What a weird time. What a truly odd, strange time. But he played Go Ninja as his second track, so I've gotten to see Vanilla Ice, aka Rob Van Winkle, do his second biggest hit. Uh, also, Montel Jordan was the opener. Yeah. Uh, we, also, lest we forget. Uh, lest we forget, Montel, this is how we do it, Jordan. Yeah. This is how we do it. And if you're wondering, did Montel Jordan have any other songs, the answer would be David. No. 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 Because uh, he is, uh, he's, he was also a one-hit wonder. But, you know. Vanilla it, Ice is two hits, guy. Yeah. Two hits. Two hits. That's why Montel opened for him. He's got one. Vanilla yeah. Ice has two. Yes. So yeah, if you if you thought that the best part of Maine again would be getting to 
be with your girlfriend and your mom and dad and the views of Maine. Reading and, you know, well, enjoying never, the, the pace of life. And the, uh, reading, the food, reading, by the way, but, the food in Portland is incredible. Oh, yeah. Bon Appetit just named Portland Maine the best eating city in America. That makes me happy because I actually just, in the time between episodes, booked my trip to my friend Yates' wedding. Actually, shout out to Yates. Today is his birthday, so salute Yates. Uh, he will be getting married September gang, gang. 29th. And I will, in fact, actually, I'm staying with your parents for a night. They're very generous and let me stay. Uh, I know. And I am looking forward to going back to Portland because it's a nice city. I don't spend, I haven't spent a lot of time there, but we are uh, second episode in a row. We will stay. Go visit Maine. It's a wonderful place. At the very least, Portland. Yeah, that's true. At least visit Portland. If you don't feel like going to where David and I go to vacation, you don't have to. Uh, but Portland, Portland's a nice city. Yeah, I mean, I'm not encouraging anybody to go to the Falls. Uh, I would certainly not encourage anyone to go to the state capital, Augusta. My parents referred to it as Disgusta for the entire time I was there. Well, your parents aren't the cynical folk, obviously, so I would take their word. Not at all. No, no. They're very uh, optimistic people. Uh, I, don't get, I don't get my morbid sense of humor from my father. <laughs> your cherub father, as you once called him. He is absolutely a cherub. That man's <laughs> face is just so round. You know, it's funny. And- and full of life he, and angelically innocent looking. I tried to tell him that that was a compliment and he was more, he felt it was more of an insult. And I said, no, I think David, actually knowing David, it was probably somewhere in between. <laughs> it's an English compliment. <laughs> I also want to say, let's get to baseball for a second, because if you remember in the way back machine of Underemployed, episode four, we had done a baseball prediction. And, you know, I've got a pretty good track record because I said the San Francisco Giants were going to be a 500 team. Right now, they are one game over 500. The only reason they're not 500 is because they have an odd number of games, and they've actually uh, been at exactly 500 the most at any team well, in baseball. I don't understand baseball. The Nats are eight games back with 40 games left, and people are just giving up on the season. Yeah, it's a little- I don't understand how... I don't understand that math. I don't care to learn. I think it's just a weird pessimism with uh, Washington fans in general that I figured would have gone away with the Caps winning. But in that specific case, I think that's more what it is. That the Nats could be two games back at this point to be going, oh no, the sky's falling. This is a city that's been worried about Bryce Harper leaving for four years. He's only going to be a free agent now after this year. It's sort He's of going concerned. to Chicago. Sure, why not? Um, and so the other prediction that was made, it was a bold one. It was a hot take. It was a fuego take. Like the Fuego Was David Hart sat here and predicted as we rolled the tape back? Uh, do you have any previews for the World Series? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say my previews for the World Series are gonna be uh, Padres A's. You sure about that? Those are two teams that have struggled the last. I, I said what I said. You heard it here first, folks. We got a Padres. We got a San Diego Oakland World Series coming for you. Hot takes in Fuego. Fuego. That the Oakland A's would play the San Diego Padres in the World Series. David, whose baseball is David's, I think, 17th favorite sport, right behind archery and right ahead of rowing, uh, said this. No one gave a... No, 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 no. Well, depends on which rowing. I would say dragon boat racing and slalom kayaking way ahead of... The, the 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 lightweight four. Okay, so let's say paddle. Let's say like paddleboarding basically might be behind it. Sure. Yeah. You know, but, but David Hart sat here like the goddamn genius he is and said that Oakland would be in the World Series and I scoffed at it and I said, David, you're being ridiculous. But I went with it and I said, all right, I'll give this man a chance. And right now the Oakland A's, I have it in my hands. They're 72 and 48, which is good. They're one game back in their division of the defending World Series champion Houston Astros. 
They're in the second wildcard spot right now. If the season ended today, they would have a one-game playoff. The Oakland A's, even though as a San Francisco Giants They're in the hunt. I, I am inclined always to dislike the A's because I hated Moneyball and I hated the idea that Billy Bean was praised as being a genius when the A's would lose in the first round of the playoffs every year. But a part of me is now rooting for Oakland because we can go on record as saying we called this. And when I say we, we called I mean, that shit. And when I say we, I mean David. This is all David's idea. So David, I want to give you credit because this is not your forte, but you, my man, you are a genius. I mean, I'm joining an NFL fantasy football league this year. I don't know. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. If, by the way, if you're in David's Fantasy Football League, considering how smart he's doing with this, the A's... this Oakland thing is going? You might as well take your your uh, initiation fund and just burn it in the street. That's how David, that if, confident I am in Just David. give it to me now. I'm co that confident in David's abilities. You are more confident in my own abilities in Fantasy Football. I don't think I've ever had a winning record. And there was a streak there where I was playing two... I was in two or three leagues at a time, and I don't think I've ever had a, had a winning record... Except maybe one time. Hey, you're like a Cleveland Browns fan. You just got to fight through the optimism. Hey, you know, Jacksonville's turned turned it around. Jalen Ramsey's out here hey. talking fuego about every quarterback in the league. Hey, listen. Except Matt Stafford. And Matt Stafford's wife got real, real in her feelings about it. She, uh, she, she posted say? on her Instagram something like, uh, why is he in GQ? I get SI, but he's not GQ worthy. Wow. To which my response is, Girl, your husband dresses like a frat star who never learned anything else. Are you fancy, huh? Are you fancy, huh? Are you fancy, huh? Are you fancy, huh? Yeah, Matt Stafford doesn't look like a douchebag, but he has the haircut of someone who could potentially be a douchebag, if that makes sense. M Matt Stafford has the haircut of somebody who says, Do you know who my father is? Do you know who I am? <laughs> now, Matt Stafford, I think personally, from all accounts, is a good guy. But again, we're stressing, since this is about looks, by his own wife's admission, Matt Stafford does sort of look like that. He's got the Jay Cutler effect. Oh yeah, except Jay Cutler's actually except not nearly as surly. It does not look like he's smoke. Uh, does not look like he's hiding a pack of smoke somewhere. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever been more hated on his own team than Jay Cutler, quarterback-wise. I want to also say, speaking of sports, well, actually, I want to ask first. David, were you doing anything on Saturday? Was I? Yeah, I was working. Okay, uh, I'm surprised you didn't ask off. Work. It was a busy night, actually. Oh, I know why it was busy. It was a celebration of, cue the music, of America's greatest hero, legend, icon, Barry Lamar Bonds, the 52-year-old wonderful man, went to Arizona State, then drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates, came home to the San Francisco Giants. On Saturday night, in Man has just smugged several needles into his butt. First of all, allegedly. Second of all, innocent in the federal court. There's no evidence that he ever did anything. The only evidence is that Barry Bonds tried his best to win. That's the only thing Barry Bonds is guilty of. Barry Bonds. The only thing Barry Bonds is guilty of. too hard. Loving the game too much. Thank you, David. You're proving my point by saying that Barry Bonds is this man who And steroids. Watch it, Buster. Now, Barry Bonds in a moving ceremony in which brought me to tears. You know, tears just flowing. Had his jersey number 25 retired by the San Francisco Giants. All of the greats were there. Willie Mays was there, and uh, Willie McCovey was there, and Fred Lewis was there for some reason. But the point is that Barry Bonds was there, being honored as one of America's greatest. And the only can we also talk about real quick? Uh, 
Ray Lewis's acceptance speech at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I do want to ask about And the fact that he insisted that crime went down when he played, even though there is no statistical <laughs> evidence of such a claim. We want we we want to state for the with the show. We both like Ray Lewis, generally. No, no. You respect, you like the, Ray Lewis. I enjoy the, the character of Ray Lewis. Yes. Ray Lewis as a commentator brings nothing. Ray right. Lewis as a, a, a social activist is all just respectability politics and, uh, and, and ex, extra bullshit within that realm. But you're a fan no. of, but you like the charity work. Yes, sure. I will allow the charity work. And Ray Lewis is also a great uh, lightning rod for setting off a certain kind of person. Gee. That kind of that kind of person will remain unnamed. Gee. But Ray yeah. Lewis sets off a certain kind of person. Yeah. Um, who then in turn sets off another certain type of person. Uh, but beyond that, so Ray Lewis, uh, third, not the longest Hall of Fame speech ever, which is still held by Brett Favre. Ray Lewis fell a couple minutes short. I mean, if you expected anything other than what Ray Lewis did as a speech, as a, a speech, self-interested diatribe, no, I expected yeah, you, nothing you're gravely, less. You're gravely mistaken. That's right. Who Ray Lewis is, uh, for better oh, or worse. Absolutely, a self-interested blowhard. To be fair, a lot of guys are self-interested, not to the Ray Lewis degree. To be fair, two Super Bowls. Also true. Also. And, uh, you know, nope. he did more work for that team than Trent Dilfer did. Well, Trent Dilfer, uh, you'd think, I was not really a Raven, I was not a football fan at the time the Ravens care, so I don't care about uh, besmirching the name of Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer sucked. The Disney organization wishes to apologize to Super Bowl MVP Ray Lewis, who, because of his conviction for obstruction of justice, was not invited to Disney World in favor of quarterback Trent Dilfer. Disney now acknowledges that Trent Dilfer sucks and wishes to make amends to Ray Lewis. That Trent Dilfer is, however, no longer the worst, has no longer put in the worst performance by a QB at a Super Bowl. That would be Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Who, with half a neck and none of a right arm, somehow led the Broncos. Half a neck, no arm, uh, three foreheads. <laughs> and... And, and many violations with the uh, United and, Care Fund. And lots of Omaha. Yeah. <laughs> lots of Omaha steaks. Oh, man. I'm still trying to get over the fact that he sent a kid to a porta potty when he couldn't catch a ball. I can't even look at you. You know what? Go sit in the portal for 20 minutes. That's right. You stay in there. That was, I think, disrespectful. Close the door open. Close the door. And he gave a kid a stick and poke. Then you just push it a little further and you should hear it click. Why would you choose your keys? I told you, I forgot them. <laughs> Cops, <laughs> And he made a kid tattoo uh, his face on his own calf. Yeah, I, it's gonna be there forever. All right, now, I'll kill a snitch. I'm not saying I have, I'm not saying I haven't. You know what I mean. So, yeah, Ray Lewis gave his, Ter Terrell Owens, Terrell Owens, excuse me, did not give a speech, which- Wasn't even there. I, I'm, I'm in the middle leaning more towards I'm okay with what T.O. did, but I also understand that T.O. made a career out of being a locker room cancer, and so there might be a reason why. You know, it's not like... Well, T.O.'s also the first guy who's ever been elected to the Hall of Fame who hasn't showed up for the ceremony. Right. So let's not let's not assume that this is now a, like... A habitual the Terrell, Owens, Terrell Owens is an anomaly. Terrell Owens is not the norm. Yeah. Let's, I don't, not, I'm the, let's not paint him as something, something insane and, you know, damaging to the culture of the Hall of Fame and the Hall of Fame induction ceremony and the Hall of Fame game when he is an anomaly. I love me some me. Yeah, and that's why 
first of all, the Hall of Fame then made it a requirement after that that everyone elected had to show up. Um, which, That's obnoxious. What if somebody ha- what if somebody can't go for medical reasons? Yeah. Or, are you not going to are you not going to elect someone to the Hall of Fame because of that? Right. And that's the thing where I think that it's such an over like you said such an overreaction. Just it's Terrell Owens who is in this history the biggest in a league full of divas was the biggest diva. Because I love me, I'm me. You know yeah. he's doing things his own way. On the other hand, Terrell Owens uh, Terrell Owens a hell of a football player. So now, now if, if we're if we're rating Terrell Owens on the problematic scale, Terrell like on a scale of one to ten, he's like a four. Like like Greg Hardy is like a nine. Well, that's okay. Like in a football locker room, Greg, that's where it's different. Terrell, yeah, yeah, Terrell Owens a was a forty-seven. A three, Terrell the... Owens is a nine. Like, but the, like oh, in a personal like, life, yeah, Terrell Owens is like he he. Yeah, relatively compared to that, yeah, I agree. You know, you know there are much more people. models, but there's no accusation. Like as far as I'm aware, there's like there's no accusations of him beating people. No. There's no accusations of him drunk driving. There's no drug charges. Yeah, like, he was just Terrell Owens was an asshole, but he kept his nose clean. And you know, even Ray Lewis, who I mean, again, sincerely was, did not, for the record, Ray Lewis didn't kill two people, but Ray he, Lewis was acquitted. He but, was acquitted. No, no, he, no, he wasn't. The, 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 put the evidence on tri- was inconclusive that he didn't kill anybody. No, it, no. In fact, here's a little history lesson for you. The two members of his crew <laughs> were actually put on trial, were actually put on trial, and they got off on self-defense because the people who ended up dying were, uh, the instigated the brawl with weapons, which is what they determined. So there's a little fun fact for you. <laughs> what Ray Lewis did do was obstruct justice in a murder <laughs> charge. So he's so not a saint. Not a murderer, but an obstructor of justice. He and Donald Trump have something in common. Right. Didn't kill anybody, but didn't help the cause, as as the kids would say. We react so quick that five couldn't even call the cops on us. So shout out to Ray Lewis, I guess. Also, to, to wrap a bow on the Barry Bonds thing, uh, it, the night meant a lot to me, to all of us who have watched Barry Bonds morph into, I, I dare a say. A top-heavy juggernaut. Uh, Sure, through hard work and perseverance is how he got there, and he... You know, he really persevered. He followed that doctor's instructions to the T. As anyone with a good, clean diet plan would and should. And he hit 73 homers in a season, 762 in his career, and more importantly than that, he's my hero. So, Barry Bonds, I want to thank you, because you made my night, you made my life, and I love you. Very much. Steroids. You know what, on that note, I think it's time to wrap up what is episode 12, The Dirty Dozen of Underemployed. Uh, we talked about a lot. We talked about vacation. I forgot, I neglected to mention, uh, actually, since I only because I promised it earlier. I will follow through on it. I will be going on Friday to drop Sam off at Miami of Ohio, and then I'll be going mm-hmm. to Chicago for a couple of days, where I will encounter my fear of the south side of Chicago, because I plan on going to a White Sox game on Sunday, where they play south. Uh, but, you know, I, I, as Bone Crusher once said, I ain't never scared. Uh, you just said you were scared. Uh, check the tape. I think you're lying. The point being, I'm going to be in Chicago, and I'm going to hopefully have fun, and hopefully i make it back in one piece. Are you going to go to the Wiener Circle and see Jack McBrayer and uh, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog? Do you kiss your pimp with that mouth? How do you sleep in your car at night? Oh, man. Uh, if you have not seen... Uh, 
Jack McBrayer and Triumph the Insult Comic Dog at the Wiener Circle in Chicago. I'm telling everyone, please go out of your way to watch seven minutes of the best seven minutes of your life. You know why you guys work for tips? Because no one will stick the whole thing in. I would also like to go out of my way to mention, since Jack has given you a, a, a YouTube thing to watch, there is a series of like two and a half minute clips that I tremendously enjoy called Letterkenny Problems about a rural Canadian town called Letterkenny and the problems therein that you know, belie them. Um, it has spawned a, I think, very amusing 30-minute show on Hulu. So uh, check out the YouTube clips, then check out the Hulu show, and uh, laugh with me. Yeah. Laugh with me, good buddy. Nice execution. You're doing terrific. Now, David, uh, what was Bethany's opinion on said show? Um, oh, Bethany can't stand it. <laughs> uh, and that's the usual for the 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 sort of niche comedy shows that i enjoy <laughs> the uh the archers the venture brothers the aqua teen hunger force things of that nature i forgot that thing doesn't like archer that is unfortunate you know yeah. she's she's she, it, what's hilarious is she 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 loves bob's burgers so i just yeah. think Think about it. Think about just watch Archer and just pretend it's Bob dreaming. Bob, what do they want? Hamburgers, Linda. Now, would you please go in the goddamn back? Well, excuse me, Ike Turner. Jeez. On that note, though, I do want to thank everybody out there for listening. I want to very quickly, uh, the risk of being sincere, I want to shout out to my friend Katie, who listens, to, who does occasionally listen to the show. She actually gave us a lot of questions for the Q&A episode. Uh, just going through a bit of a rough patch right now, but just want to let her know that we're thinking about her and... Wanted to say for anyone out there, because we opened the show talking about our job search and the message David and I try to get across, uh, and maybe we're the wrong messengers, but the message we try to get across is you're not defined by your job. If you feel like you have a better future out there somewhere, it's okay to bet on yourself sometimes. Absolutely. Like I said, if you don't bet on yourself, nobody will. Peace and blessings, Katie. Hope things turn out well for you. Yeah. Um, let's sign off with that one jack yeah i think so episode 12 of underemployed in the books uh we appreciate every one of you guys who listens and guys and gals we are a feminist podcast uh just say y'all y'alls we talk as we mentioned on episode 10 Epi we want to thank all of y'alls all's y'alls oh god that oh just say y'all we appreciate y'all we want we wants to thanks all y'alls who listens to each and every one of our episodes we appreciate you if you could tell 10, 20, 50 of your friends to also download and listen to the show, that would be great. But for now, we appreciate our very loyal, very, it's a very underground feel. It's sort of a cult following, but I like the fact that we have a few. I appreciate that we can call anything a cult follower. That's true. You more of a leader or a follower in a cult? Um, I think I'm the, I, I start out as a follower and then get Gradually you start the asking throne. too many questions. <laughs> Where's the money come from? <laughs> when do we get a cut? How can I get in on that? <laughs> All right, y'all. I was told there would be beer. God damn it.